Welcome to Divine Truth by Dr. Buddy Walls. The name of this Bible lesson is Time to Wake Up. Time to Wake Up. The Christian in the day we live has a foe. Its name is sleep. We are living in a time when we are supposed to be watchful. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verse 5. Matthew 25, 5. While the bridegroom tarrieth, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. The movie Before the Wrath showed the bridegroom coming at midnight according to the Galilean wedding ceremony they were familiar with. And the bride, the true church of Christ, went out to meet him. That will be the rapture. The people of God had a spiritual drowsiness which has invaded the church. Now, if we are not careful, we will develop this same drowsiness. Now, what could possibly cause this? The earth and the world, our luxuries, our routines, not a faithful church life, not a faithful studying of the Word of God, going through motions and routines. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 5. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 5. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Now turn with me to Romans, chapter 13, verse 11. Romans 13, verse 11. And that, knowing the time, that now... Is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantness not in strife and envying. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Luke, chapter 21, verse 32. Luke 21, 32. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. You know we have an appointed time to leave this generation. Do we believe it? It is plain to us we are living in the greatest time of apostasy the world has ever known. The final apostasy. The days of Noah ended in a major flood. The days of Lot with fire and brimstone. And the day we live with the direct judgment of God. How do we know this? Because of what the Bible says once again. Turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verse 4. The book of Daniel, chapter 4, verse, chapter 12, verse 4. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. How much has knowledge increased in this generation? Did you know? That knowledge has increased by every 11 to 12 hours, has doubled 
It's double every 11 to 12 hours. Now imagine that. Eventually, and it won't be long, when you buy a new computer, it'll be outdated the next day. Over the last 50 years, the number of annual patents has increased from about 50,000 to more than 325,000 with over 50 billion electronic gadgets hooked to the Internet. It is said there is coming a knowledge tsunami. Sound like the Book of Daniel, don't it? A couple of hundred years ago, a horse and wagon might take six months to cross the United States. Now you can fly it, in, fly it in about four hours. I want to read you some verses in the book of James that tell us what time period we are living in, and then we'll look at something else. James chapter 5, verse 1. Turn to James chapter 5, verse 1. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-beaten. Your gold and silver is cranking, cankered, and the rest of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth, and been wanton, or found short. Ye have been nourished your hearts, as in the days of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Did you know that 20 years ago, 45% of people claimed they were practicing Christians? Now, in the year that we live, only 25% of Christianity is decreasing in numbers. Many pastors today preach on revival or an upcoming great revival. That sounds so wonderful, and many of those same preachers are great men of God, and their hearts mean well. But the Bible says in the end times, right before Jesus comes back, society will completely disintegrate. And there will be a great apostasy in the church. Now, this Bible Belt area does not give you a true picture of the majority of the world as far as the apostasy goes. There is not one word in the Bible about a great spiritual revival in the end times. Well, buddy, how do you know we're in the end times? Because of the convergence of all the other prophecies. Now, we mentioned how many pastors talk about a great coming revival, and this is where they get that from. Turn with me to the book of Joel, the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. Joel two twenty-eight, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, 
and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Young, your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. But the verses before, they talk about the early rain and the latter rain. It says there will be two outpourings of the Holy Spirit. The early rain was at Pentecost. The latter rain will be at the end times. And notice, the verse starts out afterward or after this. After this is after the reestablishment of Israel, which was May 14, 1948. About a year after that, an evangelist out in California took off like a rocket. And don't forget the ministry of Billy Graham. That was the beginning of the latter day, pouring out of the Spirit. Now we are at the end of that period, not the beginning of that period. The Bible does not support a widespread revival. I'm talking on a global scale. Look how fast the church overall has flipped on major doctrinal issues. They are following worldly terminology, such as being more tolerant on the gay issue. They are also suggesting there are many ways to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the only way to God. It is the greatest time of apostasy the world has ever known. We are not about to enter a revolution which might be brought about by politics. We have already turned our backs against God. Much of this world desires to have a socialist, communist country. Most people have lost faith in the church. Now, it's not all doom and gloom because the country is falling apart. Why do I say that? Because it is as the days in the days of Noah, major violence and corruption. But remember the weeping prophet Jeremiah, who was watching this his country fall apart. He said, "The Lord is my portion; therefore, I my hope is in Him." Don't put your hope in politicians or the Supreme Court. Put your hope in Christ alone. During the during the time society is falling apart and the church is full of apostasy, remember what Psalms chapter 2 says. Psalms chapter 2, verse 4. Psalms 2, 4. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. You know what that tells me? The Lord is in control. When everything is going out of control, he is still in control. That is why the Christian need not worry. It should give you hope. How are we to overcome the darkness that is closing in on our country? Well, in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, God says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flames burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God is going to walk through with us through the worst possible times. The Bible is full of passages like this over and over. That gives us tremendous hope. 
And of course, the greatest hope that a Christian had right now in the midst of all this is found in First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning with verse 13. Verse 13, where it talks about the rapture of the church and how Jesus is going to appear in the heavens and the shout of an archangel and a blowing of a trumpet. The dead in Christ shall be resurrected and those of us who are alive will be taken up and translated on the way up from mortal to immortal. And it says at the end, Therefore comfort one another with these words. Those are great words of hope and comfort. In the book of Habakkuk, the prophet said, I will rejoice in you, the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet like hind's feet. He makes me walk on the high places. He says, even you destroy all the food and all the cattle and everything else, I am going to put my trust in you and I am going to hope in you because I know you are a God of love and goodness. What did the Lord say? The righteous will live by faith, not by feelings, but by faith. You have to be a Christian. Go back to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, it says, Whosoever believes that Jesus is, is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him who begot also loves him, he who is begotten of him. So we have to love him. It goes on to say that we have, we have to keep his commandments. In other words, what is his greatest commandment? To accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, love God, and love others. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And so, we are talking about belief in Jesus Christ as Savior to be His child. We are talking about loving God and obeying His commands. Go out and preach the gospel and to remain in faith. As we just said, the just shall live by faith. That's the definition of an overcomer. That is one of the things about this dark period we are in right now. As it gets darker and darker, he says the light of Jesus shines brighter and brighter. And more people we can bring to the Lord if we focus on preaching the gospel and not at preaching social justice and things like that. Alan Jackson sings a beautiful song. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things on earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. My, my. You know, when you're looking at the majesty and wonder of God, then all this nonsense, this chaos, these troubles seem to fade away in the light and glory of God. We wake our eyes, you know, we take our eyes off God, and we get kind of focused on our daily activities, our trials, tribulations of life and we start panicking what happened to peter when he was walking on water he took his eyes off jesus and started watching the stormy water are we any different you stand on the word of god you believe in the power of god 
you rely on the Holy Spirit, you practice tough faith, you order your priorities, you keep an eternal perspective, you stand for righteousness, you persist in prayer, you surrender in worship, and you cling to hope. Think about it. Christ is our only hope. Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. I'd like to share one more thing with you before I close. And uh, I always finish my podcast up with this, and I'll do it once more. I want to ask you a question. Are you 100% sure that you're going to go to heaven? You know, God loves you and has a plan for you. But people are sinful and separated from God. Do you recognize today that you are a sinner? Would you like to receive God's forgiveness? Did you know we cannot earn salvation? We are saved by God's grace when we have faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. All you have to do is believe you are a sinner, that Christ died for your sins, and ask His forgiveness. Then turn from your sins. In other words, there's no need in repenting unless you plan on forsaking. You've got to give up your sins. That's called repentance. Jesus Christ knows you and loves you. What matters to him is the attitude of your heart, your honesty. We suggest praying the following prayer to accept Christ as your Savior. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your Son. I believe that he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my Savior and follow him as Lord from this day forward. Guide my life and help me do your will. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, did you say that prayer? If you did, guess what? You're saved or what the Bible calls born again. And nothing is more important than that. And also, nothing is more important if you... I was asked this question one time. I don't I don't really know what the will of God is for me in my life. Well, this is the will of God in your life. Once you become saved, once you become born again, be a witness to other folks. Help other folks come to know the knowledge of the saving grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help them to become a part of heaven. I hope you enjoy this. This is Dr. Buddy signing off.